All right, so we're starting a series tonight. It's going to take us probably three to five weeks. I never know how long it's going to take because I don't know how far we're going to get each service. Um, but uh, this is what I want you to do. Uh, I know that we all have this temptation. Now, it's okay if you are looking up uh, Bible scriptures on your phone. It's okay if you're taking notes on your phone. But other than that, don't be on your phone. No Snapchat, no Instagram, uh, no TikTok. Y'all just, just get rid of it. Like I said, you can take notes on your phone. You can go to scriptures on your phone. But uh, I, I really want you to focus up during these messages. And I want tonight to like set a precedence for where we're going moving forward. Uh, tonight, we're going to start a series and it's called How to Value Something That Cost You Nothing. How to Value Something that cost you nothing. And as I was praying about this message, the Lord just kind of been really, he's been stirring my heart for a while because I see something, especially in the American church, um, and not just exclusively amongst youth culture or older culture, but just in the American church where we've kind of lost the value for this wonderful gift that we have called salvation. We've lost this, uh, you know, it's like in the book of Revelation when Jesus is judging the seven churches and he judges five of them and they're doing great. And then he judges two of them. And one of those churches he judges is the church of Ephesus. And he tells them what? You're doing a great job doctrinally. You got to move of the Holy Ghost. You're passionate in your worship, but you have forgotten me. You've gotten away from your first love. Did you know you can come in here and you can lift your hands and you can worship God and you can go through the motions of that, but still be far from him? It's kind of like over there in Matthew 7 where he talks about you prophesied in my name, you healed in my name, but I don't even know you. And so you can do these things with God, but not even know God. I want to start something tonight. The, the, the slogan we've had here at the church for the last 27 years is to know him and to make him known. All right. Everybody say that with me. Say to know him and to make him known. Now, before you'll ever make him known, you must know him first. All right. And so we're going to talk about this. And so I've got a couple points tonight. We're just going to start on point one. I'm going to try to slow down and really take my time. How do we value something that cost us nothing? Well, number one, in order to value something, you have to know what it cost. What did it cost to get us salvation? And we're going to look at this from two different angles. Number one, I want to look at what it did it cost to provide it for us. You know, if somebody goes out and they get you a car and they bring you that car, you, you'll know that that's a good gift because of how much it costs, right? So I want to look at, number one, how much did it cost to get it to us? But then I want to look at it this way. What does it cost us to live it? So what did it cost to get it to us? Uh, I use my wife as an example. I text her this morning as I was studying this. And when we first started dating, uh, we didn't have a lot of cheddar. Y'all know what that is, money, right? We didn't have a lot of cash. And, uh, you know, I wanted her to know, woo, I love you, yeah. And, and I wanted to prove my love to her. So I took her to Walmart. And out of one of those little machines in the Walmart, right? That's where you always go when you want to prove your love to somebody. I went to Walmart and I bought her one of those rings out of one of those machines. It seems cheap easy, but it was really romantic, all right? And so I gave her that ring, and it was just a little plastic ring. cost me a quarter, right? And then when we got engaged, I went to a jewelry store, K, I think it was. Did I go to K? No, whatever. And so, uh, but I bought her another ring, and this one didn't cost 25 cents, y'all. It, uh, it took us a while to pay that one off. It was more in the range of like $2,500. It's got three big diamonds on it. It's got a couple gold bands around it, and uh, to this day, I guarantee you, my wife knows where the gold ring is with the diamonds, but she doesn't know where the ring is that she got from Walmart. 
And you want to know why she doesn't know where the one is from Walmart, but she knows where the one is from? I bet you, you talk to her afterwards, ask her, where's that plastic ring you got you, that fake one? She's going to be like, I think I kept it, but I don't know where it is. And then you ask her, where's the gold one with the diamond? She can tell you exactly where that ring is in our house. Why? Because one costs 25 cents and one costs $2,500. What am I saying? When you know what something costs, you will cherish it a lot more. When you really know the value of something... When you know what it's worth, then you can step back and you can say, wow, a really high price was paid for this. Let me value it for what it cost to get it to me. And it's just the way it works. When something costs a lot, it's more meaningful, right? And so let's look at this. In Romans 4.25, it says this. He was delivered over to death for our trespasses and was raised to life for our justification. He was delivered over to death for us to have salvation, this wonderful free gift of salvation, to be born again so we don't have to go to hell, but instead we get this wonderful treasure of all of eternity being in heaven with the loved ones that we know got born again, with Jesus Christ our Savior, with God the Creator and the Holy Spirit, we get to go to heaven for all of eternity. What did that cost? Jesus had to die. He had to become obedient unto death to give us that he was delivered over to death. I was studying today and I thought about this. I didn't write it down, but I thought about it. It cost God his son and it cost the son his life. Now, I want you to think about this as we talk about it. I know you know this, but do we really know this? Do we know what it cost? It costs, you know, John 3.16, right? You see it at football games. Someone's holding a poster board. It says for God. It usually just says John 3.16. But what is that scripture? For God so loved the world that he gave his one only begotten son that whoever would believe on him shall not perish but have all or eternal life. It costs God his son, and it cost the son his life. Everyone say a high price. Romans 5, 6, and 9 says, You see, at just the right time, when we're still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though a good person, someone might possibly die to, or dare to die. And so... We're going to get to verse 8 here in a second. <laughs> I'm really proud of myself. I've been, the Holy Spirit asked me 10 years ago to write a book, and here I am 10 years later, and I'm finally four pages into it. I'm writing a book, and my wife's been inspiring me. She's been pushing me to write it. And so the last two weeks, I've been sitting down and writing it. I'm on page four, and this is the one of the things that I talk about in the book. You know, Jesus died for you because I hear people make this argument why they don't need Jesus. I'm a good person. <laughs> well, you can be the best person in the world. You still need Jesus. Right? Because this salvation, as we know the Word of God, it does describe it to us as a free gift. There's nothing you could do to earn it, and you can't be good enough to get it. It was a free gift. But I love what it says. Jesus died for you when you were ungodly. And you might say some would die for a person who's good, but they would never die for a person who's bad. Guess what? Jesus died for you when you were bad. He died for you when you weren't righteous and when you were ungodly. Verse 8. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Right there, that's the price. That's what it cost. Christ died for us. Verse 9. Since we have been, since we have now been justified by his blood, how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him? Verse 10. For it, while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of 
of his son. How much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life? Not only is this so, but we're also boasting God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we have now received reconciliation. So Jesus died for us while we were yet sinners. All I'm doing is laying the groundwork so you can understand and faith can come to your heart tonight and you can see what it costs to get you born again. What price? See, we're like several thousand years removed from Jesus being crucified. And time kind of has made it to where, you know, it doesn't mean as much as it did at one point in time. We need to go back to what Jesus did for us on that cross. We need to go back to what Jesus did for us when the Bible says he went into the depth, he went into the deep, he went into hell and he suffered there three days. He was tormented and tortured and harassed by the devil and every evil spirit so you and I could be set free, so you and I could be saved. He paid a great price so we could have this wonderful salvation. How to value something that cost us nothing. Philippians chapter two, verse six and eight. Who existed, thank you all for those amens, that was very inspiring and very well timed. Who existed in the form of God, did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but emptied himself, taken on the form of a servant, being made human in human likeness and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself and became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Now this scripture right here, these verses it tells us what the cost was for our salvation. See, Jesus didn't just die, he didn't just go to hell, and he wasn't just raised to life for you and I. Even though he did those things, and those things are wonderful, it was even more than that. Number one, the cost of your salvation Jesus paid. He left his position in heaven, and he took on form as a man here on the earth. Or you could say it this way, he, left, he came here powerlessly, he left his deity. You know what deity is, right? We watch all these Marvel movies. Right? We know who Thor is. He's a demigod. Jesus, is. when he came here on earth, he wasn't a demigod. He was just a man. He left his deity, his godship in heaven. He put that aside. It says it right there. Did not consider himself equality with God. What is he saying? Even though I am gone, I'm part of the Trinity, I'm part of the Godhead, I'm going to lay that aside and I'm going to take on this form as a man. He left everything up in heaven and he came down to earth. He was made in human likeness. Number three, he emptied himself. Number four, he became a slave to sin by becoming sin. He never knew sin. Until that moment on the cross when he looked up to God and he said, Father, that in heaven, why hast thou forsaken me? In that moment, he knew separation from his heavenly family. Darkness and light cannot consume the same space. So when Jesus became darkness for you, God had to depart from him. He became something he never knew before. He became sin and darkness so you could become light. This is where we see that scripture. He's translated us from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. How did Jesus do that? How did that translation happen? How were we translated from darkness into light? It's very simple. He became darkness for us. How to value something that cost you nothing. And then number five, he humbled himself even unto death. Now listen to the scripture, 1 Corinthians 6.20. You were bought with a price. Therefore glorify God with your body. Now, I love the way the scripture mentions it because when you think about it in sequence, you were bought with a price, 
Therefore, glorify God in your body. You will never glorify God in your body until you understand the price it cost to set you free. And this is why many people don't worship him the way he deserves to be worshiped. They don't read their Bibles. They don't engage in this relationship because they have no understanding of what it truly costs to bring salvation to them. When we understand the price that was paid so we can be saved. You know, uh, we talk about redemption. We've been redeemed from the curse of the law. The curse of the law is threefold. And not trying to get real deep into theology studies tonight, but this is what the curse of the law is. Sickness and disease, eternal damnation, and poverty and lack. When Jesus died on that cross, he delivered you from all of that. He became poor so you could become rich. It is okay to believe God for finances. He became sick so you could be healed. It is okay to believe God for health and wholeness. He became sin so you could receive life. You've been redeemed from the curse of the law. A great price was paid. He was ransomed for you. Y'all know what a ransom is, right? <laughs> Somebody takes a child and they ask for a ransom pay this amount and I'll give the child back. We are God's children and we were stolen from him by the devil and there was a ransom note. It's going to cost a life for life. You go over to Romans and you read, it says by one man's sin, many face condemnation, but by another man's act of righteousness, many will become righteous. By Adam's one sin, the devil took all of us captive and he said, there's a ransom to be paid. And when Jesus died, he paid that ransom in full. I want to lay the foundation for you guys. Value this free gift that has been given to you. There was a very high price that was paid for it. When you understand what it cost, you'll begin to value it. The next thing I want to focus on real quick is what does it cost us to live it? Salvation is free, but to live a saved life costs you something. Salvation is free, but to live a saved life will cost you something. To value a free gift of salvation, we must understand that it costs us something. You know, it's kind of like this. You can't, I use Walmart lots of times because I used to work at Walmart. You can't go to Walmart right now and demand a paycheck. They won't give you one. Why? Because you haven't, first of all, you're not an employee there. And second of all, and once you're an employee, you've got to put in some work. And once you put in some work, you have now earned something in return. It's a paycheck. You know, even though the Bible says all the promises are yes and amen, as believers, we must still understand there's something we must do. There is a cost we must pay to walk this out here on earth so we can receive all those blessings that are yes and amen. Right? And this is, this is kind of where the church kind of gets it confused. <laughs> you know, there's good news and there's bad news. And the good news is really for the lost. <laughs> Jesus died for you. He loves you. And we talked about that just a moment ago. No matter what state you're in, he loves you. He wants to embrace you. He wants to take you as your own. That's the good news, right? But then when you get born again, there's a little bit of bad news. Okay, now it's going to cost you something to walk this out. And this is really where we have let go of it and really where we have failed in our own Christianity. Jesus paid this great price to provide it for us, but we're not willing to pay any price to walk it out. To bring value to this free gift that has been given, we must honor him 
by doing our part. Every relationship has two parts to it. Rachel and I are married. She has her part in this marriage. I have my part in this marriage. I have two children. They have their part as children. I have my part as a father. Every relationship has two parts. You're in a relationship with God, and there's two parts to this. There's his part, and we just looked at it. Now what is our part? To value this, we have to understand that it's got to cost us something. Amen? And before, we'll save this for for next week. I just want to hint this. The only way you can value something is to invest something of yourself into it. I've heard some of you, and I've been in youth ministry for a long time, I've heard teenagers say this. It's amazing how when mom and dad are the ones that are buying the apparel and buying the clothing and buying the hoodies, we're just like, oh yeah, you know, just buy that for me. But then when we have our own paycheck and our own money and we go to buy a hoodie and that hoodie costs $80, we we tend to pull back a little bit, right? Now we have to weigh, okay, this is my personal money Am I willing to invest this into that? How many of y'all said that before? (laughs) Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, you will one day. But you know what's interesting, though? That hoodie that mom and dad bought for 80 bucks compared to the hoodie you bought for 80 bucks, which one are you going to take better care of? Now, you could lie to me, but the truth of the matter is you will always value the one that you're invested in. Right? Yeah, I have some shoes in my closet of course, I've been wearing them a lot more because my other ones are just in bad shape. But I have this red pair of Adidas and this blue pair of Adidas, and they're like a couple pairs of like the most expensive shoes in my closet. And so I keep them on the shelf, and I try not to wear them that much because I, I want to keep them nice. Noah Mackins has a pair of Jordans that cost like $1,500. I don't know. Ashley's husband blessed him with it. It's just crazy. And I'm like, I'm never going to ever wear those outside. They're just going to sit in my closet. That costs too much, right? Whatever it costs, we value it. And the more it costs, the more value. Listen, and we're going to close with this, guys. In order for you to really value, listen to me now. Don't disconnect because junior high is done. Listen, in order for you to value this relationship with Jesus, you must invest something into it. You'll never value it, ever, unless it costs you something. And once you pay that cost, And we'll look at it next week. What does it cost me to be in this relationship with him? I saw what it cost him. It cost him everything. Salvation is free. But to live a saved life, it will cost you something. But the good news is, once I've invested in this relationship, not only now can I begin to reap the benefits of it, but also I will value it the way it's supposed to be valued. Everybody wants something from God, but they don't want to invest any part of themselves into it to receive. You know, the Bible describes this relationship with God as a husband and wife, a bride and a groom. And, and, and I've got a few married people in here, and they can tell you the truth. If both sides don't invest equally, that marriage will not function. It will not be prosperous. It will not be healthy. It will not be fruitful. And most of the time, it will end tragically in divorce. And the Bible says God hates divorce. Now there's no condemnation for any families that have gone through that. But what I'm saying, it takes both parties doing their part for it to be healthy. This relationship that we have with Jesus, just real quick, guys, don't disconnect. For it to be healthy and good, both parts must invest themselves. God's already invested. Now it's up to us to invest ourselves. And as we do, we'll begin to value this gift that cost us nothing.
Amen. If you would, just close your eyes and bow your heads real quick. Father God, I pray for every single student. I ask over the next couple weeks as we look at this and as it challenges us, let us not shy away from it, Father God. Let us not be like the other parts of the church. Not Cornerstone, but Capital C, the church all around the world that wants something from you, but we want it for nothing. Let us not be like them, Father God. Let us not abuse and use and mistreat this relationship that we have with you, but let us value it. Let us invest. And let this relationship not be one-sided. So many Christian relationships with you, they're so lopsided, Father God. You're always doing and you're always doing and you're always doing. And all we're doing is taking and taking and taking. Let us give back. Let us give back. And I thank you as we give back. This relationship that we have with you it becomes more meaningful to us. And we can value it and cherish it the way it should be valued. I ask for this in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. And I thank you as we leave tonight, we understand that we're taking you with us. I thank you that you birth a hunger on the inside of us for more of you, Father God. I ask for all this in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ and everybody in agreement said, Amen.